Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Michelle Hayward and KC Atha. We are here again talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging today. And we are in the very beginning of Black History Month 2021. And we're going to revisit um, one definition we talked about in 2020 and really talk about the progression of some people in 2021 and beyond and what does that look like? So we're talking abolitionists or ally, which one are you? Because you may think it is over. Hi, you may think it is over, meaning um, the presidential election's over, things are back to somewhat normal, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. I'm gonna challenge you on that, I really am because systemic racism has not been dismantled. So there's still much more work to do. And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about ally because we've talked about it before and let's revisit that um, KC and, and talk about the definition of ally. All right. So in the past, we've talked about ally as an acronym. So we said, you have to have awareness, you have to listen, you have to learn, and then you have to say yes to action. So that's just the real quick recap of what ALLY, A-L-L-Y stands for and how we've talked about it in the past. So when Michelle texted me and said, I got this great idea for abolitionist or ally for LinkedIn Live, I got excited, but then I also got a little confused because I was like, hmm, I can see myself identifying as both. And is this either or thinking, what's the nuance here? But I was intrigued. So we're coming to you with this conversation and just anchoring in. Yes, we've talked about allyship before. And now we're going to kind of get into some more nuances around what, what is an ally and what is the spectrum of allyship and, and how does it morph or evolve or what are the approaches? Exactly. So I'm going to read something just, just so you can really reflect on where you are as a non-Black person and allyship. And, and just focus really specifically on the 28 days in February for Black History Month. At some point over the next 25 days, someone in your family and or social, social circle, circle will say one of the following things. I think Black History Month is reverse racism. Why isn't there a white history month? This month only creates more division, all months matter. If you find yourself in one of these conversations, it is your job to look at them in the eyes, take a deep breath and respond as an ally should. Now, what your response should be is up to you, but it should be in response to how it is not reverse ra racism, how white hi history, U.S. history is white history. Um, because if they looked at black history, none of that is learned in U.S. history in none of the U.S. education system, public school systems especially. Um, and how does it create division? Seriously, because you're learning real history. And really question that and start trying to educate and have a conversation around it if you are truly an ally. If you remain quiet, you are not. 
Mm. You reverted back to your 2019 self, which we 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 already know. So we're not surprised. We will be surprised by more people who respond. So, so that's what we're looking for when we talk about ally. Now, Casey and I disagreed on what an abolitionist was. And, and I want to reflect on just a perspective of slavery. And this is how, um, I, before I get there, I want you to talk about how did you define abolitionists? Okay, so when this text message came through, I was like, hmm, I can see both being important because I see them sort of differently. I see allyship as sort of like, we live in an oppressive system. How are we gonna be allies and survive this and work forward towards a day where we are in liberation and upholding a liberation and, and, and an equitable world? So to me, that's allyship. It's like, we in it and we're in it together. Abolitionist is looking at this and saying, how do we blow this up so that we don't even need to be allies? Cause we're already in liberation and we're upholding liberation and equity. So to me, abolitionists are more about like, what, what systems and status quo are we blowing up? And what are we putting in place of that that works for all of us and how do we uphold it? So to me, I was very like structural and then in the liberation space. And that's what abolitionists in my mind was focused on. Um, and allyship was just sort of like, and this is our reality and how do we, how do we lock arms? <laughs> and, and so I said to her, let's go back to slavery. If you are a white plantation owner and you say, I am, I don't, I don't shackle my slaves. I treat them as humans because they are my property. Okay. Are you an ally? However, an abolitionist will say enslaving black people is wrong. I have created methodologies and processes known as an underground railroad to help them be free, to hide them on my property so they can get their freedom papers and escape to the North. And abolitionists risk their life. They, they risk their property. They risk their status in their community. And when you think about abolitionists to ally, right? You may treat somebody well, you may speak up for them, but how much risk are you putting of yourself to that person? So I'm going to share um, share a um, a document in the chat. I want all of you to take a look at it because it really shows the transition or path you can travel on a rate what it calls a racism scale. So going from white savior on the far left to what you would say is an abolitionist to the far right. So if you go to this website on Weebly, um, it's stacked on top of each other, even though it's supposed to be linear, it's really stacked on top of each other. But what you really want to notice is really the differences between at the bottom section in the right where what the differences are between an ally and an abolitionist and is the risk you're willing to take the amount of risk you're willing to take and are you that person are you willing and how much are you willing to risk because it definitely puts a different perspective on your willingness to help 
sustain the current system of racism as well as your willingness to dismantle systemic racism. And so you really need to understand who you are as a person and what you are and are not willing to do. And, and I get this often, I've heard this before from white women, well, I don't have power. You do. And I say this in a way, Emmett Till was murdered because a white woman said he did something, what whistled at her, which he did not. He was 14 years old. That is power. And so you have to understand to leverage the influence, the power that you have, no matter what it is, if you're an ally. Then at the same time, how much of that, of yourself, of your social status, of your wealth, of your personal currency, and even your life, are you willing to sacrifice to dismantle racism? And so this is not a decision you're going to make today, but this is a decision that you need to be making over the next few days, the next few months, if you are seriously going to be a part of dismantling racism. And it is gradual and absolute steps you're going to take. It is going to be a complete thought process. You will be stressed the hell out. But guess what? There will be days and there will be times that you will say, you know what? I can do this. I will do this. I have no other choice. And you have to decide at some point in time, you're going to get to that pivotal point on whether you're going to return to the same place of 2019 or you're going to go through that 2020 and keep moving forward into what it is. And so, as we've always said, when it comes to dismantling, what is that narrow place you're going to be as an abolitionist that you're going to risk? Is it going to be healthcare? Is it going to be education? Is it going to be politics and how people are blocking votes, right? Right? They're, they're throwing, removing people from ballots. They're, they're making sure they don't have a way to plug in voting, um, voting booths. No extension cords. They short the number of, of, of machines, voting machines. They reduce the number of vote, um, polling places. They closed down state licensing or government-issued facilities. Um, they're making, they, it's mandated that you have a government-issued ID to vote. So really look and understand where you're going to work either as an ally or an abolitionist in dismantling racism. Or maybe you won't. Maybe you will go back to the world you lived in in 2019 where you didn't know the United States of America was racist and you will go back to, to the one of the other Americas. But for some of us, the change has come, the movement is now, and we will continue to push forward. And so I encourage you to understand the risk you will take is much greater as an abolitionist. And you may be fine with going back to the person you were at 2019, or you may be okay with being an ally or you are working towards being an abolitionist. But that is a personal decision you have to make. So Casey, your thoughts on this? I love all the things you said. I'm gonna plus one to picking your lane. Um, I have chosen my lane to be working 
um, in organizations. So I, I do think I'm an activist that works towards change. Um, and what that looks like for me is change and liberation and giving rise to equity in organizations. And so when I talk to organizations, I have a very similar conversation um, to what Michelle just highlighted, which is risk assessment. I talk to them about three levels. You got your life. Are you willing to give your life up? Me meaning in an organization, are you willing to spend your money and upset if you're if I work with a lot of nonprofits. So are you willing to upset the system to your grantors, to your subgrantees, et cetera, and say, we're going to now move into a more equitable way of showing up in our work. And maybe depending on that situation, you may lose funding, you may lose contracts, you may lose partnerships. Why? Because you're going to, you're intentionally deciding to show up and move in a different way. So that is livelihood at the organizational level and at and the personal level. Are you willing to put your life on the line? Okay, so that's the parallel. Then the second thing that I talk about, okay, maybe not in all lanes you're willing to give up your life, but maybe you're going to give up your livelihood. What does that look like in our personal life? That means resigning. That means writing a letter that where you may get fired for this. That means putting yourself out there and sharing your story, even though you may not get hired at the next place because now you're going to be construed as a troublemaker, even though you were just speaking truth to power. Hello? So... There's all sorts of things where it's like, am I willing to disrupt the system in this organization and lose my position because I'm in middle management and I have more power than the people who directly report to me. So I'm going to put myself on the line and maybe I'm going to lose my job or I'm not going to get that promotion or now, you know, I'm going to make the executive director uncomfortable, you know, yeah. so we don't know, but that's your livelihood. And then the least extreme is just discomfort saying yes to discomfort. I'm willing to be uncomfortable at this dinner table because I'm gonna speak up for justice and equity and liberation, or I'm willing to be uncomfortable in this meeting because I'm gonna say the thing that needs to be said for my colleague or for myself or for the bigger picture of justice or inequity or working against oppression. So those are the three levels that sort of co coincide with this amazing link that Michelle shared here, which I'm gonna save. Thank you so much, Michelle, this is awesome. So I love to think about this spectrum. I love to think about which lane am I in and which spheres of influence am I a part of? And that's how I map and assess how I'm gonna show up on this spectrum of allyship to abolitionist. I, I wanna, I, I don't, I can't even take credit for having found this, so I'm tagging my recruiter, one of my employees, she was like, and I was telling her about the topic. She was like, I have the perfect graphic for this. She's like, I saw it on Facebook. She's like, I will send it to you. She literally went to Facebook after our meeting this morning, downloaded it from Facebook, uploaded it um, to, um, to, to our Slack channel. That's and great. then I, I, I went and found the link for it. So because it's really, really important to understand where you are, where the people in your life are as well. And and I know we talked about um, we talked about leaving places. And oftentimes, people think going out and having your own business will help solve this. To a certain degree, yes. I had a discussion with someone who is looking to get investment in their company. And the investors had an issue with their political stance. So understand 
entrepreneurship, being a business owner would not necessarily remove you because the system's still there, right? The system is still there. You're still fighting it, whether you're an employee or a small business owner, entrepreneur, founder, it, you will still get it, whether it's from customers, investors, and employees. There are other people that still are not going to love or like or even tolerate the change you're trying to make. So that's why I say you really are going to take some really hard, deep looks at really if you're going to go from ally, if that's really where you are, to abolitionists. It is not an easy decision. But I can tell you from even from the civil rights movement, when freedom riders came to the South, not all of them went home. But the change they were fighting for then, eventually it happened. Has it moved past where it should be in the last 50 plus years? No. But they knew the risk of coming to the South as I sit here in South Carolina and what could happen to them. Are you willing to take that risk? And so think about it. And so everybody was talking about um, Bernie at <laughs> at the um, inauguration. <laughs> and there's a picture of him and a black woman sitting in front of a police car in the road. Are you think about what you would never have known who Bernie Sanders was had that police car kept driving forward? Because remember, this, this is back in the movement. This is back in the 50s and 60s. Crushed because he was sitting on the ground grill straight in the head. You would never have known who he was. Is that the risk you're willing to take? So I, I use slavery, but civil rights movement still had abolished people that were putting their absolute lives on the line. So we're going to end that for here. I know this is a very heavy, heavy topic, but it's truly important to understand where an ally is and there's still more work to do if you go to that far spectrum to the right as abolitionists. Because we think it's history. Guess what? We live history. We live history every single moment. What will they say about you in the future? Right? So, all right, everybody. Casey, final thoughts? No, I mean, what can I add to that? Nothing, just plus one agree. And I just challenge everyone to self-assess, choose a lane and do the work. And when it feels hard, don't give up because it is hard and we need you in this arena with us. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're not saying being an ally is wrong. An ally takes action, but an abolitionist is sacrifice. All right, everybody. You're very welcome. I'm glad you could join us today. And we try to have these talks, but also we try to give you actions. I'm, I'm the engineer and Casey's like me. We can talk theory, we can talk definitions, we can talk, but we literally like to give you actionable steps. So review that, go deep in self. If you have a therapist to talk about with your therapist and know what you need to be mentally and physically able to be an, an ally and an abolitionist in your, in your community. All right, everybody. Happy be Black History Month. That's yeah. right. Let's get it. Bye, y'all. forever. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sneak it in.
<laughs> I, I, I see that, but I love it. I love it. That's why I love you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>